Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. So this morning I wanted to preach the second part of this message. I need you part two, which is not just about how community is important, but actually how community works, how great community can work. Does anyone want to hear this this morning? How we can actually function well together, because we need to. We need to function well together. Our text last week was all about examining the sheer miracle of the sacrifice that made us qualified to even have godly community in the first place. But how much we need it, and there are some things that stop us from getting it, like a fence. A fence is literally translated as a trap. It's the Greek word scandalon, which means a trap. The offense is a trap. The bait of Satan is a trap. He wants to lure you into that trap. He wants to take you off course. But how cool would it be if we just decided today that we wouldn't be ruled by offense? That we wouldn't allow offense, which inevitably will come. I think that was the point of my message last week was no matter what, no matter which way you look it, slice it or dice it, you will be offended in church life. It's going to happen at some point. Sometimes that's just offensive for people to hear that you will be offended. But it's going to happen. Let me explain it to you. Someone's going to walk down the aisle one day and you're going to think, man, this is my friend. I love this person. We get along so well. And you're going to think they're looking at you. But the truth is, they don't think that you're looking at them. They're looking over your shoulder at their child that they need to pick up from colonial kids. And they're going to walk right past you. What do we do in that moment? We say, man, I can't believe they didn't say hi to me. I thought we were friends. I thought we loved each other. I thought that we were really tight. But this person just brushed me off. No matter what, I'm joking, obviously. Hopefully that scene never actually happens. But there's going to be moments when we get offended or we can come into contact with offense and we've just got to choose today if we're going to live in godly community that we have to be unoffendable. Because if we get offended, it really hurts us. It doesn't hurt other people. Can I just explain that truth for us this morning? You know what offense truly does? It takes you off course and nobody else. It takes you off course and nobody else. Let me read Proverbs 18 and verse 19 in the Amplified. It says this, A brother offended, that's that word, offended, is harder to win over than a fortified city. Someone who's offended that has accepted that offense and has picked up that stumbling block and is running with it, the Bible says is harder to win over. Other translations, to reason with, to try to have a conversation with. You ever met someone that is so bent out of shape over something that happened to them, you can't even talk to them? That it gets to this place where it's like, man, I can't even have a conversation. It's like trying to win over a fortified city. So the enemy is dead keen this morning, 2018, Sunday morning. He is dead keen, friends, to get you offended. Because to him, if he can get you offended, for his sake, he can build a wall around you. It's the complete opposite of what God wants. God wants to be able to access your life. 
God wants to be able to get into your heart. But if we get offended, what happens is we allow the enemy to build a fortified city around us. So anyway, back to our text from last week, Hebrews chapter 9. And in verse 21, it says, And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, speaking of Jesus, verse 22, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. And in verse 25, it says, not neglecting to meet together. Community. Group of people. New Christians. As is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as we see the day approaching. So it was the actual sacrifice initially, culminating in the greatest sacrifice, which was Jesus, which has caused us to be able to enter in, which are hearts sprinkled clean and bodies washed with water. I talked about it last week, but that's how you would enter God's dwelling place. But listen to it, as a living sacrifice, Romans chapter 12, we present our bodies now as a living sacrifice to God. That's what Christian community is about. All of us living together, coming into church, presenting our lives, our daily lives as a sacrifice to God. I wanted to show you a little picture, which I thought would be really cool. But I talked about the the, uh, tabernacle last week. Actually, God's dwelling place. In the Old Testament, it would be this sort of um, rectangle sort of shape. But look at the way that God set up his community around it. You ever heard of the 12 tribes of Israel? That's them. And he positioned them at different places around the camp. At the very front, Aaron and his sons, which were the ones that would do all the work and um, administer God's uh, ministry. Moses, of course, but Judah. and They're all listed. But I'm showing that because there's actually a formula that God has given us. Even today, we need to live in God's community. But the beauty of it here, if you just look at it for a moment, at the very front, that was where you brought the sacrifice. That was where you brought whatever you needed to atone for your sins so that you could actually enter into the presence of God. But isn't it beautiful today, friends, that we don't need to do that anymore. We have Jesus living on the inside of us and our hearts have been sprinkled clean by his blood and our bodies washed with pure water so we can live in community and we can enter that place. It's amazing and I love it. So I wanted to talk this morning about community. We all need community. We all need to be invested in community. I spoke last week about my ratios, and I thought it was pretty clever, actually. Return on invested community. Not return on invested capital. Forget about that. But how much have you invested into your community? Show me your ROIC ratio. Your return on invested community. Community works well when there are two things happening. And I'd love for you to write this down. People who are encouraging and championing others. There's two things we need to do. Here's the formula, friends. Build each other up and cheer each other on. Build each other up and cheer each other on. Build up, cheer on, onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards. So my point one this morning is this. It's imperative that we build each other up. If you want to live in Christian community and you want it to work, if you want to live without offense coming into your life and you just decided, I need to be in church, I need to be in community, which I believe all of us do, 
The first thing we need to do is understand it's imperative that we build each other up. Encouragement is such a tangible thing. It's such a tangible thing. It's like you could just reach out and grab it. It's so powerful in our lives. It's such a simple thing as well. It's not that complicated. But it's so funny how sometimes we forget to even do it. Encouragement, what is it? Simply put, it's to put courage in. In Encouragement. Think about it like this. When I encourage someone, I'm putting courage in them. I'm building into them. I'm putting courage into them so they can do what they need to do next. How powerful is that? So you think about it this way. You're sowing a spiritual seed of courage into that person's life so when they move to the next thing they need to do, they're better able to do it because they came into contact with you. Encouragement is important. You're investing a spiritual seed into people's lives. You know, words have the the incredible power to build up or to tear down. My words, they can literally build people up or they can tear people down. The choice is actually ours. We get that choice every single day. What what am I going to do with my words today? Words can have a devastating impact on people can be the thing that causes them to either rise up or completely walk away. To rise up or walk away. There's so much power in our words. The Bible says that in the tongue, the power of the tongue is life and death. So it's a life or death issue. Proverbs 18 and verse 8, listen to it. I just want to give you a few scriptures. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down to the inner parts of the body. Proverbs 21 and verse 23. To those who guard their mouths and their tongues, keep themselves from calamity. Psalm 141 verse 3. So set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. I'd love it if you could write this down. My words frame my world. My words frame my My world. If we can understand that our words have so much power, and if we could also look at community as something, man, I just need to build people up. My words can help build people up. My words can change people's world. My words can shape my life, but can also shape the life of others. I wonder when it comes to your words, if it says, and scripture says that we either provide life or death through our words, we either nourish or, or, Speak negatively to people with our words. I wonder if people were reliant on your words, would they be malnourished or would they be nourished? If people in your world, whether it's friends, acquaintance, people at work, if they were, just for a moment, just think about it, if they were reliant on your words, would they be malnourished or would they be nourished? Would they have everything they need or would they feel like they are lacking because you haven't put into them? I think this is something we need to get, church. Proverbs 18 and verse 20. says, From the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. Proverbs 15 and verse 4 from the Amplified. I want to read this. Just, we, have to, we have to understand it. Look at this. A soothing tongue, speaking words that build up and encourage, is a tree of life. But a perversive tongue, speaking words that overwhelm and depress, crushes the spirit. 
For great community to exist in your life, you have to be a person who is committed to building up and speaking life. Speak life, build up, encourage others. Speak life, build up, encourage others. You know, I, I, I need to confess something this morning. As a pastor, probably one of my least favorite things to do, although I know they're very important, is to go to funerals. And I know, like, I know that's bad to say. You're a minister of the gospel of grace. It's your duty. You need to go to fun- I know that. I know that. But if I was honest today, and I am being honest because I'm a pastor, and that's my duty is to be honest. I just don't love going to them. And, and I know the reason why, and I thought about it, it's because I just hate seeing people so hurt. I just hate seeing people just, you know, I just feel for them. But I've been to a few funerals in the last couple of years, I guess, and I was actually at one the other day, which was amazing, and it was very honoring and very amazing, and I got to thinking about it, and I was like, man, these things at funerals, there's sort of like an order of events, things that happen, and Inevitably, someone gets up in the funeral and starts talking about the person who's gone. Starts talking about how awesome they are, how, how awesome they were, and how incredible a job they did as a father, as a brother, as a son, as a mother, as whatever it may be. They start talking about the good times. They start talking about the great times. They start talking about all these things that happened and It's a beautiful moment. Kids get up, talk about how great things were. Cousins do the same, lifelong friends. But I got to thinking one time, as I was sitting there in this funeral, I thought, I wonder how much of this would be new information to the person that's gone. I wonder how much of this would be new information. Are they hearing this for the first time? Is this new to them? How sad that someone in my life could not hear what I think about them because of me holding back my words, because of me holding on to my words. I call it the reverse funeral theory at work in my life. I want to live my life in community, friends, where no matter what people in my world and my church community are built up and they know they are not left wondering When it comes to the people in my world, I don't want to go through, I don't want to live that way. I don't want it to get to where I'm just going to someone's funeral and that's when I start telling them about how awesome they are. No. I want to tell people today. I want people to be built up. I want to speak life wherever I can. I want us to be the type of church that's not on the back foot when it comes to letting people know that they're awesome. There's power in our words. Amen. I want to read from Hebrews 10 again. It says, Let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to do good deeds. It says, Let us consider thoughtfully. What if we were the ones who created the opportunities to speak life? What if we were the ones that didn't wait for the opportunity to come along or present itself? Someone happens to come into our path and, oh, did you run down the hallway and say, hey, no, no, I, need, I just need to talk to you for a minute. Think, I'm so grateful that I ran into you today. But what if we were the ones that we took the initiative? Because look what it says. It says, let us consider thoughtfully. Let us think about how we can. Let us think about what we can do to create opportunities to speak life into people. 
reaching out, sending out the random text message, maybe giving someone a phone call and saying, hey, man, I just want to let you know you're doing awesome in this season. I know you're going through a struggle right now, but can I just encourage you? Can I just encourage you that you're doing great? You're an awesome guy. I'm proud of you. What if we were the ones who created the opportunities in our lives? I have a burden, church, for us to get this right. I'm not saying that we're ever going to get this perfect because I don't don't necessarily think it's possible for us to be perfect in this area. There's always going to be someone who maybe, for whatever reason, doesn't feel like they have community. But we can certainly take on the responsibility for ourselves. Because the truth is, I'm just sick of hearing the story. Because it's the same story, just a different way. Regurgitated and coming out a different way. Sounds something like this. Yeah, I used to go to that church. Yeah, I was on fire for God at one point. I used to read my Bible all the time. I was pursuing community. There's always these words, and then. And then, I kind of just stopped going. And then I kind of got offended. And then I lost motivation. And then I really never found great community. And life happened to me. And then I took the bait. Then I took the bait. Then I picked up the stumbling block and I just said, you know what? I'm out. But what if we were the type of people that didn't say, and then this happened to me? But what if it was more like, so I did this, or so I made a change? Things got tough, a fence knocked on my door, I could have taken the bait, so I did something about it. So I decided to press in, so I decided I'd do it for the kids, and I'd figure it out, and I'd press in a little bit deeper. So I took control of my own destiny. And I decided that community was so important to me. So I, I love those words, so I did this. So I made a change. So I wouldn't let the grip come off. But I'd stay in church and I'd be planted and I would do whatever it took to stay in community. So we've got to build people up. And the second thing we've got to do is we've got to cheer others on. So if you could think about the formula like this, build people up. Cheer them on, repeat. Build people up, cheer them on, and repeat. In Hebrews 10 and verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Holding fast to a confession of hope means you're speaking, means you're lifting your voice, means we're actually putting words to it. Romans 12 and verse 15 in the message says this, Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobody. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Laugh with people. Rejoice in their rejoicing. You know, I want to be the type of person that just gets pumped for others, that cheers people on, that just cheers people on. You know what that means today, friends? It means just being pumped for for people, being excited for people. I want our church to literally be a cheering squad for the world around it. 
cheering people on in life. Someone gets blessed in a business. Let's not let our own insecurities hold us back from administering God's blessing to that person, to build them up. You just got a new car? Awesome, man. Good for you, bro. That's great. You're starting a new business, a new endeavor. I'm so pumped for you. I want to be that type of cheerleader for people. And I want our church to be that type of cheerleader for people as well, for everyone who calls Colonial home. Something new's going on in your life, a new season that you've embraced, you're walking into. Maybe you just started a family. We're right alongside you. We're pumped for you. We're excited. God's moving. Something is going to happen. It's going to be amazing. I know it maybe looks a little tough right now, but it's going to be better. How often have people walked these journeys alone? God said it is not good for man to be alone. It's not good for you to walk through something by yourself. We need to cheer each other on. I wonder what cheering on looks like for you. Maybe it's just opening your mouth. You know, sometimes when people are blessed or something good happens to them, what they're really looking for is the people that are closest to them to say something. And sometimes the loudest voices in their life are the ones that stay silent. Silence can be so deafening to people. We need to speak up. We need to build up. We need to cheer on. Come on, church. Let's get excited at 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning. This is real life. People are going through real things. Everyone has a battle. Everyone has something they're going through. Why do we pray for people at the end of every service? Because we know that someone might be going through something. And we can never presume that they've figured it all out. We can never presume that they've got great people around them. We can never presume that everything is okay. But what we can do is we can call upon an almighty God to flood into that person's life and we can stand right alongside them and say, we're right here with you. How you doing? What can I do to help? Can I encourage you? Can I bless you? Can I show you the way forward? Cheer cheer people on. Three quick things that might help this morning. Number one, we need to build bridges to people. I'm getting pastoral right now. We need to build bridges to people. Hebrews 10 and verse 22 says, let us draw near. Draw near. Get close. Build bridges towards people. Our church is all about building bridges. I wonder if you ever knew that. That our church is literally, it's about building bridges to people. That's what church exists for. But think about it. When we send you an email inviting you to the next service, we're building a bridge. When our team reaches out to you about coming to a connect group study, we're building a bridge. We encourage you to be in essentials and then maybe step into a serving role, we're building a bridge. That's what happens in community. We need to build bridges towards people. We need bridges everywhere. Bridges to people. Bridges across the street to the recovery center. Bridges to our community. Bridges to people that are disenfranchised and maybe have lost their way. We are building bridges. The second thing we need to do, I'm going to go through these real quick. We need to sometimes reinforce our bridges. Sometimes we need to extend the same type of grace that we would want extended to us. 
Sometimes we just need to reinforce our bridge and extend a little bit more grace, a little bit more grace to let people work out what they need to work out. Slow to pass judgment. Slow to, to, uh, to go there. Here's a great practical tip. This might help you when you hear something. Just believe the best in people. Give them the benefit of the doubt. I love this one. I love this one. I try to live this one out myself. I'm not perfect, but I try. Assume the best and give people the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes as a pastor, people bring things to me and they share things with me. And that's what I'm here for. But sometimes it can be about someone else and maybe something has happened. And sometimes it comes at me in a spirit of, man, this is diabolical. It's really bad. And and I just stop. And I sometimes stop the conversation. You say, you know what? I'm just going to assume the best. I'm going to believe the best in people. I'm going to give that person the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give that person an opportunity. I'm going to extend a little bit more grace than I did yesterday. I think it's sad when mean-spirited people, they automatically presume the worst amongst people or on people. The last thing we need to do is occasionally we need to shut a bridge down. So we need to build bridges. We need to reinforce bridges in our lives. And occasionally, we just need to shut a bridge down. And let me explain. It's something that hopefully doesn't have to happen that often. But sometimes because of a relationship that might be toxic and any kind of relationship, I believe that's abusive or just really unhealthy like that, just needs to be shut down completely. But sometimes in life, we need to shut a bridge down. Maybe step away from a relationship. This is important for community, church. Listen to what King David said in Psalm 101, verse 1. It says, I will walk with integrity. I will sing of steadfast love and justice. To you, O Lord, I will make music. I will ponder the way that is blameless. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. Listen to it in verse 3. I will not set my eyes before anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. See, sometimes in life, and there's a lot of new Christians in our church, can I just say this? Because I think it's worth saying there are times sometimes for the sake of your walk with God, the destiny and the future that God has for you, that you need to shut that bridge down. You need to maybe walk away from that relationship for a season. I'm not talking about turning our backs on people. Please hear my heart. It's not about turning, burning a bridge and saying, that's it, you're done. I'm never going to talk to you again. You may talk to them again. It may happen one day that you're back in relationship with that person. But for the sake of your own walk with God, sometimes you need to shut the bridge down. Sometimes it's important to say, no, I can't spend time with you anymore. I can't spend time in this environment right now. It's not healthy for me. I need to be pursuing the things of God. I know we got all silent for a moment, but you're with me. You're still with me. Sometimes we need to build a bridge, reinforce a bridge, and occasionally, even just temporarily, shut a bridge down. Team, you can come back up. There are times when sometimes people are waiting for you to build a bridge to them. Community is one of those things that's made up of people, so it's never going to be perfect. But there are times in our lives where people are just waiting for us to extend a text message or maybe a phone call just to reach out and say, hey, I'm here. God's here. He's on your side. He hasn't forgotten about you. And cheer people on. Build people up. Cheer people on and believe for the best. Amen. Would you stand with me? Can I pray for you?
you receive that word this morning? You know, ultimately, our job is to love people. Our job is to love people. And I want to read this from John chapter 15 as we close. John 15, verse 11 says, I've told you these things for a purpose, that my joy might be your joy, and your joy wholly mature. This is my command. Love one another the way I have loved you. See, to me, friends, it's the most convicting scripture in the whole Bible. Here's Jesus, the Son of God, the one who takes away all of our sins, the perfect sacrifice who is brutally murdered on a cross, and he says in John's gospel, love the way that I have loved you. Love the way that I have loved you. People beat him. People spat on him. People rejected him. They abandoned him. So when people do that to us, how convicting is it that we need to, no matter what, in community, in Christian community, love them. Give people space. Build people up. Cheer them on. Sometimes it doesn't feel good to cheer other people on. Can I just be human for a moment? Sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't feel good to send that text message, but my feelings don't rule my life. My convictions do. So let's love people. Let's be committed as a church. Come on, church, let's build people up. Let's be the type of people that cheer people on. Let's not let people just die wondering. Let's let people know. Let me pray. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the power of your word this morning. Father, thank you that you love us, Lord. You showed us through Jesus just how much you love us, Lord. And your word says to love people just as Jesus loved us. Lord, help us to understand that this morning, Father. Help us to grow and be more mature in our faith, Lord. And to understand that people are part of the process, Lord. Help us to build others up, Lord. Help us to cheer people on in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Sundays at church or visit us at www.colonialchurch.life.